In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Good morning. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 29th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Before we get started on the five things we learned from the 14-9 loss to the Minnesota Vikings, let's give a shout-out to Coach Kirby Smart and the UGA Bulldogs on winning the SEC Championship and advancing to the national playoffs where they will play Oklahoma out in the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. Job well done, Coach Smart. Now our five things we learned from the Falcons' 14-9 loss to the Minnesota Vikings. We are going to talk about the playoff pitcher, some concerns about the offensive line, uh, the return of Devontae Freeman, uh, the cornerback, Play with True Font and uh, Brian Poolout, and consider was it just a bad day at the park? Or was Minnesota just a better team and whooped the Falcons up in a lot of scrimmage game? Well, that's all important here as the Falcons have a quick turnaround before they play the New Orleans Saints Thursday night, eight twenty-five at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Now, uh, the playoff picture is starting to become clearer if the game's ended, if the season ended today. The playoffs started, the Falcons would not be in the playoffs. They would be the seventh seed at 7-5, and five, uh, ahead of Detroit, Green Bay, and Dallas. All teams, they have the tiebreaker over, but Seattle leaped over them with their big win over Philly yesterday night, and uh, they're sitting at 8-4, and four, Falcons at 7-5. and five. Falcons have the tiebreaker over Seattle, too, the head-to-head, but they um, have to match them win-wise to, for that to become a factor. As of right now, Philly and Minnesota would be the one and two seed. Then you'd have uh, Carolina going to the Rams as a six seed, and then you'd have the Saints and Seattle playing in the four-five seed playoff game. So the Falcons are out of the playoffs as it stands right now. Two games behind the New Orleans Saints with four games to play. And two of those games are head-to-head, starting with Thursday night. So the Falcons can take care of uh, their business on their own and win out, really. Uh, You know, if they stumble along the way, then they'll be in this uh, mess of wild-card teams. So if they, uh, they go straight out, the Saints are uh, nine and three, uh, you know, and then it's still they could still catch them with four games to go. Now, um, a couple concerns about the offensive line: Andy Levitre left the game uh, early. There had a left triceps injury. Coach Dan Quinn said he could have returned. They didn't announce him out. But I suspect that his injury is probably being underreported again. So Ben Garland went in the game, and uh, he gave up two quarterback hits, a holding, uh, and gave up two tackles. Also, 
one of the reasons the passing game was shut down and one of the reasons why Julio Jones only got two passes for 24 yards was because the, the protection wasn't great. And our folks at Pro Football Focus felt that Everson Griffin dominated Jake Matthews, you know, got him six times and had three pressures, which is why Ryan had to throw a lot of quick passes and, uh, you know, timing route things that, you know, they didn't hit on because he couldn't hold on to the ball very long. So he didn't take sacks, but he made his line look good. But they need to fight a little bit more uh, to give him some time if they have to play up front. Uh, as good as Minnesota's again here. And uh, the Saints are doing a pretty good job, too. So uh, the offensive line of Garland's got to play. He's going to have to play better. And Jake's going to have to fight a little bit harder. Uh, and then, you know, we also had a penalty from grabbing penalties uh, from from uh, Alex Mack and Garland that killed the first drive. And Jake had a legal block in the back on that screen where they got him out in open space trying to block a cornerback. But, you know, hey, that uh, that's one of the tough plays in the offense. But that killed that opening drive, and they had to settle for a field goal. Too many penalties from the offensive line. Now, Devontae Freeman did return. That's number three here for us. Uh, playoffs, O-line. Now, Freeman, he had 74 yards on 12 carries and one catch for seven. Ran really hard. Didn't have a problem with him. Uh, the uh, pro football focus people did. They they uh, his missing tackles are, are down. Uh, he usually makes people miss, and he wasn't able to do that yesterday in his first game back. But he ran hard and ran hard in the fourth quarter uh, when they were trying to run down and tie up the game uh, or take the lead in the game. But they had to settle for the field goal that was missed. So he was back, and that was a good thing. Now defensively, the Falcons had a. Ooh, they had to juggle some stuff over there. Uh, they faked us out last week with the injury report on Brian Poole. Uh, told us on Friday he was probably ready to go. Then he was later downgraded. And he didn't play. And uh, True Font didn't play. He's still in the concussion protocol. So Blindy Ray Wilson, the uh, fifth corner who had been act inactive for seven games, started at left cornerback for the Falcons. He actually played pretty good. He actually played pretty good by most accounts. And cornerback uh, Robert Alford also had a good game. Uh, here's Alford talking about the uh, secondary. Those guys that, that, was, that was behind them. And, um, I mean, was, they've been with us since training camp. So, I mean, everyone prepares like they're, they're the, um, the number one um, the number one cornerback. So, it wasn't surprising to see those, um, those guys that, that were behind them step up today and and, um, and, and, and do it and do their part. You got a good test of where you guys are out in the division. I have seen North leading squad lost just a couple of games. Where do you think you guys are in the pecking order? Do you think you have enough team to make this playoff push? Um, I mean, I'm pretty much not really worried about like the playoff run. I mean, um, right now it's us getting prepared for the Saints and going out there and um, executing the game plan that the coaches put together um, on tomorrow and just learning from the corrections on from the day. Yeah. There you have it, Robert Alford talking about the uh, Blindy Ray Wilson who played a lot. Uh, C.J. Goodwin, uh, you know, played more too. And uh, Ricardo Allen didn't play that well in the slot according to my pro football focus numbers. Um, you know, I'll share those with you all later. But uh, it wasn't a good day in the slot. They need Brian Poole back. Uh, and, um, you know, they need Trufon back too, especially for the Saints 
uh, we'll find out today if he's where he's at in the protocol and uh, see if that's even possible. And then also, CJ got beat real bad on the last uh, drive. Um, they were in press coverage, and Adam Thielen just made a great move off the line of scrimmage, broke inside open, and, uh, you know, CJ couldn't get the jam on him that was required on that play. And then uh, Ray Wilson was seemed to lose Rudolph in coverage. I know the guys on uh, NBC last night were uh, breaking down the play, and they were like, I don't know what the Falcons are playing. They got a lot of guys out. But uh, Ray Wilson had way outside leverage. He was nowhere near Rudolph, and it uh, looked like that touchdown was a little bit too easy there. Uh, so I'm sure they'll get that squared away. Film review today. And then lastly, I mean, you know, it wasn't um, that uh, uh, wasn't that bizarre, much of a surprise. We knew Minnesota was a good team coming into town at 8-2, and two, having won seven straight, even with the backup quarterback. That defense is so stout and so aggressive with uh, Griffin, uh, Barr, and uh, Kendricks at linebacker. And then Xavier Rhodes is a good cornerback, and Harrison Smith, they can double Julio. So the other Falcons were going to have to step up. So I don't know if it was just a bad day at the park or is Minnesota the better team. And and yesterday they were the better team and they whooped up on the Falcons. And uh, the Falcons uh, didn't make enough plays to, to, to pull out that game. Uh, Julio Jones said after the game, we're way better than nine points. Well, it didn't show yesterday. You got nine points. You get what you earn in the National Football League. But for the Falcons, everything's still in front of them. Uh, you know, they could still get to the playoffs, still win a division, and turn it on here. But, you know, closing out down the stretch will be key starting Thursday night at 825 at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium where they faced the New Orleans Saints, who took control of the NFC South yesterday with a 31-21 to victory over the Carolina Panthers in Charlotte. So we'll see if the Saints, uh, you know, they're traveling well. They're running the ball great. We'll talk about them in the next uh, edition of the Bowtie Chronicles. But for today, those are the five things we learned from the 14-9 loss to the Minnesota Vikings. We got the playoff picture clear. Falcons are out right now. The offensive line's going to have to step it up, especially if is out. Freeman's back, but uh, we need to get him making people miss again. Offered and Blindy Ray Wilson, you know, held up pretty well. That'll, that'll only get better, uh, but they need Brian Poole back. That's the key uh, in the defense right now. Uh, Ricardo's doing the best he can down there, but uh, there was a reason he was moved to free safety. Okay, bad day at the park. That's what I'm going to call it. It was a bad day, and Minnesota whipped him up front. Uh, but they knew what type of game it was going to be. They can regroup in time for the Thursday night showdown with the Saints and show that they're playoff worthy here as the defending NFC champs. Just want to sign off and thank everybody for subscribing and downloading to the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Take care and have a great week. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song. A celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents hip-hop's most pulled elements. 
are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.